You're listening to The Coffee Podcast, where our focus is people and our language is coffee. I'm Weston Peterson. And I'm Jesse Hartman. Weston brings quality. And Jesse brings the cafe. Today's coffee talk, can we separate the experience from the quality, or does the experience define what we believe to be specialty coffee? Yeah, this conversation has us pretty heated up. It's got us pretty overextracted. I'd say. <laughs> All right, we're done with those puns. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're kind of continuing the conversation that we had from episode 23. That's right. That basically turned into this whole conversation of, can you separate the quality from the experience itself? I say, no. I think the moment you lose one or the other, you've lost specialty coffee. And here's where I differ from Jesse. I don't believe that we can uh, we can grade or we can define what specialty coffee is by the experience because the experience is so different depending on um, various factors, starting with whether or not you changed your grind setting and you overextracted your coffee. Bad experience, no longer specialty coffee. You go to a barista and the barista... Uh, you know, is uh, he messes up your brew in whatever way that may be, or the cafe was too loud, or you spilt your cup. For whatever reason, your experience is broken. Bad experience. Without that experience, I don't think we can say that a coffee that is specialty grade by quality standards, living up to the no primaries in the green, it has less than five defects per 300 grams and has no Quakers in the roast. A coffee that is specialty by grade, I don't think we can look at that coffee and say, no, it is not specialty coffee because my experience was bad. And the barista says, what? I think. <laughs> <laughs> And the home brewer says, what? Hey. <laughs> he says, hey. <laughs> uh, so this is a great conversation. Sure. I think this is exactly getting to the heart of what specialty coffee really is, which is hilarious because we talked about it like three episodes ago, and we must yeah. have not really gotten to the heart of it. So th this yeah. is exciting. Sure. So Wes is absolutely right. I completely agree with what he's saying. Yes, you can't take the specialty out, out of the literally – graded specialty legitimate coffee. quality the legitimate quality you can't take yeah. the quality out of the coffee right um and i completely agree with this and i obviously need to clarify myself here when i talk about specialty coffee to people when i that word carries a weight to it that is not necessarily so transparent or it's, it's not so evident um in and of itself and so it kind of requires some explanation and so because i am involved in the cafe side of things yeah. i think it's important to acknowledge what i mean and what i mean is you cannot take um or you could let me give an example so you could take an incredibly graded specialty coffee and serve it to a guest after you made it poorly and after you treated the guests poorly and after you're like, yeah, and while you're at it, let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> like, and yes, they are drinking a cup that has a specialty coffee in it. 
Absolutely. Now, this is, I totally agree. Yes, that's still a specialty coffee. Yes, the producer and the farmer and everybody in between still deserves the the respect that that comes with preparing such it's, a it's not even product. really just the, re- the respect it's or, the recognition yeah the recognition that well that's what i mean by respect and so what so what i'm not saying is you know you can take the specialty grade out of the coffee what i am saying that is that specialty coffee goes much further than what is brewed it goes much further than what's in the cup it goes much further than uh than the quality the screen size the yada 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 like those things are very, very, very important, and they're half of what I believe specialty coffee is. Um, if we, what, what's the berry called when it's got the two coffee beans in it? But before, no, we, no, what is it though? The, like the diodes. This is like a diode situation <laughs> where two halves of the diode, one half is the quality, and the other half is the hospitality aspect of specialty coffee. I think that is so, or or you could even say the the, the culture therein, which should involve hospitality. Uh, and I want to take you a little bit a little bit further outside of the spectrum of the cafe because you and I have talked about this on a on a personal level. Um, I don't know if we've I, it, you know exactly presented it on the podcast, but coffee is bigger than the cafe. Absolutely, yes. And you know we need to recognize that coffee is bigger than the cafe. So, and here's the thing: I think the experience is built off what is already what has already existed, what is already established. You can't have a experience off of something that isn't specialty. You can't have hospitality mm-hmm. and you can't provide a great service if you don't have something great to begin with. So here's what I'm saying. There cannot be a specialty coffee experience unless there is specialty coffee, unless there is a coffee that is above normal standards if there is a coffee that cups well above the norm there has to be an actual product that carries the specialty onto the cafe exactly it is the cafe's job <laughs> it is their uh their responsibility. Know, responsibility to provide the experience i'll tell you one thing when you're buying coffee from origin you're cupping coffee on a table with the producers or you're doing a sample roasting and that's experience right there. Or me with my job, when I'm grading coffee, do am I getting some crazy experience? Am I even visiting hospitality? No one's being hospitable to me. <coughs> sure. But my hands are touching specialty coffee. Specialty coffee is relevant and prevalent in where I work without the experience. And here's what I'm saying. The experience is important, but I don't think, in fact, I don't believe we should define specialty coffee by the experience because in so many other places in the, the supply chain, that's just non-existent. No, I, I, okay, I sort of get what you're saying. I kind of get what you're saying. The problem is you just told me, okay, well, let's, let's move back. So yeah, hospitality, I totally get that. That's like not... That is not around you when you're... <laughs> you Sorry, there's a strange noise yeah. that we don't know. Anyway, like hospitality uh, is not necessarily around Wes when he's at a cupping table, you know. But what is, is that incredible pea berry uh, Papua New Guinea... 
that specialty grade, mm, right? That's right. And what happens when you sip that, Wes, at the, the cupping table? I'll tell you what, my palate explodes <laughs> with just amazing, amazing flavors. And, and you're like, that in and of itself is an experience. Okay, so you had an experience that came from the coffee itself. Right. Okay. Right. Now, this is where this gets difficult. Yeah, that was it a, does get difficult right here. This was a, that I would say, <laughs> this is just a weird concept. That is, I would say that was a specialty coffee experience. That was built upon the quality with the, the quality experience that came out there's, of the quality. There's nothing with, that has to do with hospitality. What was your brew ratio? It's a cupping ratio. Okay, which is who sets that? I think when we're doing <laughs> when we're, when coffee is you know being produced and and it goes down the line, you know it is our job to preserve quality. Right. So in fact, the coffee that I get in my hands is a higher quality than it is after I roast it. No, because yeah. Because I played an effect. Right. Maybe for worse. Yeah, you. Took I might away. have actually made the coffee worse, but it's still good. I don't know how you could gauge that, but maybe. All I'm saying is it's our job to preserve the quality. So the quality starts at the farm. The quality starts with the farmer. That is where specialty coffee I begins. Feel. That's that. That's the very beginning of, of everything that we can even call See, but, coffee. But I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the skeptic that says, well, I feel like at some point you're a dog chasing its tail when you start to try to go to the beginning. Because here's you what say, you said though. Well, you said that without the experience, you cannot call it specialty coffee, and without the quality. Now here you are trying to merge experience on quality, where that's not what you were talking about at all. You're bringing up references of steakhouses and sitting down to right. eat and the hospitality <laughs> and the passion and and that's all there in the experience. But what and here's what you've got to separate. You've got to separate that what you're talking about is is experience that is applied by a person. Where sure. I'm sitting here talking about the experience that is definitive of the quality. Mm. I'm you can have an experience because the coffee is good, but you said without you can have good coffee without the experience, and it's just good coffee. Well, drinking that good coffee was an experience for me, but like you see right. what I'm trying to say? Like no, 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 no. I I do see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. I guess we would have to we would have to put the fence around the fact that I was talking. With the perspective of the cafe. Right. And I think that probably when you were hearing me speak, you were thinking like everything in general. I'm Absolutely. Speaking, I'm talking about the entire coffee right. chain here. And I, and I think I typically speak to the cafe because that's where I am the most. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of you guys listening are at the cafe a lot. So in the context of that, like I think they understand like or you guys understand when it's like, you go into a coffee shop and you have a specialty cup of coffee, but the experience was bad, and that gives you leaves. As one of my baristas said, um, uh, ironically, it was funny. It's like a pun, but leaves you leave taste in your mouth. you leave with a bad taste in your mouth, yeah. and it's hilarious because it's so true. I mean, how much do we know about how perception affects the way something tastes? I mean, perception takes a it's a huge chunk of like the experience itself and what's going on. Altogether, and people don't go back to those shops for that very reason, which doesn't perpetuate specialty coffee, which is what we're about here. Because specialty coffee, as Wes said, is sort of <laughs> romanticized. Absolutely, I think by the culture I, itself. I think it is a true statement to say that specialty coffee is a romanticizing of 
coffee itself, which you then said, because I, I was like, I was, I don't know why I was like semi-offended. I'm like, what are you saying? What? And he's like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. And I was like, you know what? It's not a bad thing. And it is a true thing. I think specialty coffee is the romanticization. It is the romanticizing of coffee. <laughs> of coffee. Yeah. And I think that's why the culture is so fervent because people romanticize it. And sure. not, not in the like Hollywood sense where it's like not believable. Like coffee really has gotten a lot better. And specialty coffee really is a lot better than, you know, the other. And I think that's around. great. I think it's great to romanticize about coffee. In fact, I know that I do plenty of times romanticize about coffee, but it is, it does get into kind of dangerous grounds when pun when we allow uh you know our our perception of uh what we believe specialty coffee to be actually have a negative um response to the actual quality of coffee like if you if you go to a cafe and you have a bad experience and you never go back again you know what that that's that one cafe that's out the one uh, patron you know but the specialty coffee which i think is a big deal that's absolutely a big deal. But what I'm saying is you can't call the the actual coffee non-specialty. No, and, and I think this is where we get into some strange semantics. I feel like we use semantics, the word semantics, so often on the show. Hopefully I used it right. Otherwise, I'm going to get an earful. Um, so anyway, so we have to start to really decide, like, when we say specialty coffee, what are we talking about? And this is where it gets confusing. It is confusing, kind of, because it's still happening. It's I feel still like the more we growing. talk about it, it, it's kind of like opening up this little like, uh, what's what's it called? Conversation. No, it's like a, a Pandora's box. Oh, he's making motions like a like a Ex- a flower that is literally <laughs> <ballooning>. flowering. <laughs> And and I'm like, what Pandora's box? What? Is anyway, the so, more the more we dive into this conversation about what is specialty coffee, the more we actually have to look at every aspect of coffee from you know every hand to hand to hand exactly from the entire uh, supply chain. Exactly, and I think that's why this conversation is growing. And I think uh, we might as well mention it. We just attended the Bloom. That's right. Uh, I guess it was a conference. Bloom. Yeah, it was uh, the Specialty <clears throat> Coffee Association's Barista Guild of America Blooms event. There you go. And so it Wes was is... the Austin Coffee Society that was hosting uh, the Bloom event that we went to. We attended. We right. did not go to the one in California, the, the main but, one. But they did stream That's right. the three speakers. And mm-hmm. here's what I here's kind of what I took out of it. And I think this is probably worthwhile because it was they're trying to promote the same thing we are, which is let's talk about specialty coffee. Yeah. And... The thing is, like, I, I came out of there. I was really happy with the attendance in Austin was awesome. It was really great. The people that put it on did a great job. Um, but I walked out of there thinking, like, probably exactly what Wes was thinking. Mm-hmm. There's not enough about the other side of the industry. That's There's, right. Like, the third speaker. I wish I had her name written down. We didn't plan to talk oh, about Oh, I've got it right here. Keep talking, though. I'll get um, it. But she was from Counterculture. Um, and she was kind of their quality um, person. And she was talking about the actual, like, the other side of things. So not just the cafe. She was talking about the trade. She was talking about the trade side, which I was like, there's not enough of that conversation, which is what the coffee podcast is trying to promote is, like, we want to talk about the whole thing. There's this whole thing. You know, 
And that's awesome because when I was sitting there in the Bloom event, you know, I realized very immediately, like, well, I'm surrounded by a bunch of baristas. And it was, it was, it was because everyone was in the same mindset and no one really had like the, the, uh, the education or really the, the knowledge of what goes beyond the cafe. Which, yeah. And, and you could tell by the responses, the responses of some of these baristas, they weren't bad responses. You could just tell they were all coming right. from the same, uh, the same knowledge base. They all just right. had a base knowledge of what they did in coffee, which is being a barista, which is great. Cause that's, right. their, that's what they're in. They're in that industry they're in the cafe industry and i'm going to filter what wes said just a little bit so people sure, understand sure, he's, he's not making f- offensive statements no here. no there's a there's a real strength that baristas i myself bring to the table with coffee absolutely we are literally the front line of presenting coffee to the consumer mm-hmm. so don't hear what he's not saying um what he is saying is exactly what i would affirm is that as baristas or as people on the service side of things, we do not know enough about the other side to really to really have a grasp of what's going on with a big picture. We can even put it into context here. Um, it was Katie. I can't really pronounce her last name, but she <laughs> counterculture. From Katie from Counterculture. Well, we'll, we'll link we'll link her Instagram sure. or something. Or here. yeah, watch the streamed Bloom event or something. It was good. Yeah. Uh, but she was discussing. Uh, the growing problem in the coffee lands. Pun. Or, yeah. <laughs> that is the producers are not getting paid enough for their coffee. Um, and she went into detail about that, how cost of production for a year, they're actually not making, they're barely breaking even, if not losing money when selling their coffee on the futures market on the commodity exchange right which is where most of what coffee is bought and sold on i mean that's how you buy coffee is you know the commodities market and you've got a a trader and you price fix when on market highs and lows but the question she brought to the table that we were trying to answer at the bloom event was how can we pay more for our coffee right And and that's where you could kind of see the disconnect. The disconnect between the barista and the rest of the supply chain. Absolutely. And the disconnect came in the form of, and I am not I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about mm-hmm. their answers here, but the disconnect was clear because where the solution uh, was thought to be resolved was at the price point in the in the cup at the consumer side. And I was like, so we're going to raise our coffee prices to consumers, but that doesn't mean anything. It only raises the margin of that cafe. Yeah, it only raises if your that profit money, margin. If, yeah, exactly. If right. that money doesn't make it into the hands of the roaster, which doesn't make it into the hands of the buyer, right. which doesn't make it, it into the hands of... I mean, yeah, that's, the you're, just, you're just inflating the margin of that cafe, right. and it's really not even working its way to the producer in the coffee lands. Well, let's still address it. Now, if you if you did raise the market price or you paid the producer more, yeah, it would that's, travel that's, all the way down the chain. It's going to travel all the way down the chain. Yeah. Yes. But, but then at that point it's the barista's uh, you know, education, education and, and responsibility, responsibility to yeah. be able to explain why why the price is higher. You right. don't just raise the prices with nothing to back it. Right. It's not going to do anything. And and so it's maybe only, yeah. maybe that's a disconnect about how the market works. Or maybe that's yeah. a disconnect. But ultimately, specialty coffee at that at that point when people are answering like that to me seems like a lot of talk 
and not a lot of walk. Basically saying, I really care about the the producer or the farmer, but I don't care understand. enough to educate and understand the producer. So do you really That's care right. is kind of the question. And I'm not saying people are intentionally doing this. I think the culture of specialty coffee is sort of this ignorant like – Hey, do this because it works. Hey, do that because it works. Hey, farmers in this and Ethiopia and blah, blah, blah. And people it's are basically... catchphrases almost. It's, it's catchphrases. basically... Yeah, there's so many things we do in the cafe that aren't challenged. And then you have thing, or, uh, groups like Socratic Coffee popping up that start to challenge things. And then you have... Well, and even... You know, other even outlets. Okay, so I think specialty coffee is a different thing depending on where you are on the chain, too. What specialty coffee is in a cafe is not what specialty coffee is to... Um, a trader like myself or it's not he's not even thought about the same way as well, a broker I, or people who are in honduras right now they're visiting over a thousand co-ops and what do they have to do they've got to train the people on the mill how to sort out batches of coffee how to cup coffees and start sorting higher cupping coffees into one silo and right. lower cupping coffees into the so, other. So specialty coffee for them is an actual... It's harder it's work. A, it's a learning about... It? The, yeah, it's absolutely harder. Yeah. But when that's what's going on in these coffee lands. It's these, these brokers are trying to educate the guys in the co-op saying, hey, we need a better cup of coffee so that we can sell our coffee at higher prices. Right. So specialty coffee to them is not even an experience Specialty coffee to them is hard work. Right. Specialty coffee and, to them is more work. And for it's, what? It's stricter right. policy. Right. It's it's more time consuming. It it almost seems to not pay off when the market rallies or the market drops really low and they barely break even for all the extra work they put in to produce a specialty cupping uh, cup of a- coffee. Absolutely. It yeah. means specialty coffee means so so many different things. From farm to cup. From hand to hand. And I think it's yeah. a big thing for us to talk about on the coffee podcast is to say, hey, we need to recognize that as the coffee industry, as the home brewer, as the barista, as the uh, trader, as the quality control, as the, I mean, as every, as, as all as we have hands in the coffee industry, we need to recognize the other. Okay. And let's, let's pause for a second, because I think this is kind of inf- uh, important information as well. Right before the Bloom event, which I believe was last Thursday, we, or I was lucky enough to catch the SCAA conversation about is coffee farming, um, profitable, profitable. Mm-hmm. And it was such a big question mark. And we don't know if it's profitable because we don't know how much farmers should be making depending on where they are. And there's all these issues behind it. And this conversation should be a big conversation in the, in the industry. There's plenty of, of uh, issues that come into even growing coffee. Like right. a lot of the times it's, oh, it's the best thing they can do. It's better than planning uh, like in Colombia. It's like the, it's the safest thing to grow. But what happens? what happens when we're not paying a good enough dollar for a coffee and they're not able to pay for their production, they might switch crop, they might change their mind, they may stop doing coffee altogether. Well, we see that happening in El Salvador. It's happening. And we've talked about this about in El Salvador. Right, right. Well, the point is, this comes full circle. So we're talking about what is specialty coffee. Well, I think the key thing you and I talk about the most is education. Like there has to be education around these things. We all have to be kind of in sync knowing with what's going on and for it's almost like there's kind of like a bubble growing of knowledge that's not real i would say and especially Mm. coffee on this side 
Because you on hear, which side? On the on the service industry side. Okay. Because you have so many people who seem to um, know everything there is to know, who even compete, who actually don't understand the market. And, and there's a works. mindset growing in the barista culture that they want to prov- they want to accept ignorance. They were even talking about how uh, to compete and to win the barista competition, uh, you've got to actually understand and know a little bit about the supply chain. And they were arguing... Well, I, I don't remember the argument, to be honest. But They were pretty upset that to compete as a barista, you would have to know a little bit more about the supply chain and not just about your craft as a barista. Well, you see, and that's so interesting to me. I, I don't... It's like encouraging the ignorance of the rest of the supply chain, which is special, which is, which is coffee as an industry, well, coffee as a whole. That just, to me, goes against... That just goes against what we're talking about. Which is at the education... Well, yeah, we talk about education, but we talk about all the hands and like all the people right. that are involved, and like we are a part of that. But that's a growing, that's a growing uh, idea, that's a growing concept in the barista right. culture. Well, transparency and all those things. So, like, I, I mean, I got to throw it out there, and I know it's just kind of a hot button, but like the whole slavery issue. That's yeah. That we haven't even addressed. Like, oh, we've addressed it. Uh, have we addressed it on the podcast? Not on the podcast. Yeah, but Wes and I talk. You know, off. We started this podcast because we like to talk. That's right. Talk about coffee. Um, yeah. But anyway, the point. The point is, you know, full circle back to what we started with. Can you have the quality uh, without the experience and, and all those things? Uh, the the question was, uh, can you separate the experience from the quality, or does the experience define? what we believe to be specialty coffee. Right. And I'm going to have to like adjust my my answer and say the experience that is brought about by the idea itself, specialty coffee, there being a quality coffee That's right. that can be sold in the market. Like I think that drive that's the driving force maybe. Yeah. That's the driving force of the experiences because without that amazing cup of coffee there would be no reason to try to even make experiences around it. So That's basically right. what you have is this incredible quality product mm-hmm. pushing its way up. And people are so crazy about it. They're like, you know what? Like, it's great, but let's build things up around it. Let's, like, make a cafe and let it be the centerpiece and those sorts of things. I right. mean, we literally have We're espresso We're making an experience shops, around the, the coffee. Which, in, it, in and of itself, is the reason the experience began. But... I would go further and say that's not what's going to perpetuate that experience. Hmm. And because it can't, you could have people all over the world who like taste a great cup of coffee and, experience and be like, a cup of oh, coffee, that but was what's great. that going to actually you do? You have for... to perpetuate it. That's and right. the way to perpetuate it is, edu- is education. education. That's right. Uh, the proper presentation. Mm-hmm. And I would say passionate people brewing, drinking, hanging out, community around coffee. Absolutely. I think we've gotten to the point here. So can you separate the experience from the quality? That's the, that's, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking that the experience is dependent, or I think that. I think the experience is dependent on the quality. That's right. Which means you can't separate them. I, I don't. I don't know if that's where I was going. <laughs> where were you going? We talked for almost thirty minutes on this. That's right. <laughs> 
This is exactly why we open this can of worms it's, on Instagram. It's only, I'm only having a hard time agreeing with that statement because of how the experience, the, the, the ball of experience can be dropped at the hand of the barista. See, uh, I guess... And it's I, like, I just can't find myself saying that the experience defines specialty coffee if somehow the experience can be lost at the hand of, of, of somebody. You see, okay, I don't think... I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. But you can straight up corrupt... We're going to run out of time. You yeah. can straight up corrupt a great coffee by brewing it wrong. Absolutely. Roasting it wrong, right? But that coffee is still specialty. No, it was. It was specialty. It you destroyed is. it. When you over-roasted it, you killed it. Like, there's, there's a sense in which you have to... Oh but my that's, goodness. that's going all the way back to the, the recognition of all the hard work going on in the co-ops. So All the pickers yeah, yeah, yeah. and the sorters and the producers down there working their their flesh off, so essentially more, visiting all these co-ops and pushing the higher product. So more or less, more or less, it's not so much about the experience that comes out of it. It's about the pres- preservation of the quality from beginning to end. And it's about the recognition of all the hard work of all the hands that played a part in producing the high quality cup of coffee that we know today as specialty coffee we are the coffee podcast where our focus is people and our language is coffee happy brewing